Welcome to Counter Hegemony. I'm Aaron Taus. Over the past years, Ecuador has become a major battlefield in the transnational drug war. On August 9th, presidential hopeful Fernando Villavicencio was shot dead at a campaign rally in Quito. Villavicencio was a member of the National Assembly and spoke out against organized crime and corruption. His murder marked the culmination of Ecuador's worsening security crisis and of an unprecedented cycle of violence unleashed by criminal organizations operating in the country. Ecuador was once one of Latin America's most peaceful countries. Between 2020 and 2022, the country's homicide rate jumped by 245%. Ecuador sits a strategic geopolitical position for the global cocaine trade. It is nestled between the world's two biggest cocaine suppliers, Colombia and Peru. With cocaine production booming in Colombia, national gangs and foreign drug cartels are increasingly turning Ecuador into an international cocaine transit hub. Around 40% of the cocaine produced in Colombia now passes through Ecuador on two main routes. The Pacific route runs from Nariño, the border department, where more coca is grown than anywhere else in Colombia. Cocaine flows into Ecuador on small boats along the rivers or hidden in vehicles. The second route goes through the Amazon. It starts in the Colombian department Putumayo with the country's second highest coca cultivation and passes through the Sucumbillos province in Ecuador. A combination of Ecuadorian, Colombian, Mexican and European drug cartels and criminal gangs run these routes. Over the past years, the Mexican Sinaloa cartel and the Jalisco cartel New Generation have expanded their presence in the region and are increasingly calling the shots. They finance the production of cocaine in Colombia, pay for its transport to Ecuador, and then hire Ecuadorian gangs such as Techoneros, the Ticorones, or the Batones to organize international dispatch logistics. From Ecuador's ports, coastline and airports, cocaine is sent to the United States, Europe, Asia and Oceania. The port cities Esmeraldas, Manta and Guayaquil have become major jumping off points. The US is primarily supplied by boats and stripped out Cessna aircrafts. For the European market, traffickers mostly rely on contaminated cargo shipping. Drugs are hidden in containers and shell companies are used as a facade. In 2021, cocaine seizures in Ecuador hit a record and have remained high ever since. In many cases, the transnational drug trafficking organizations are protected by corruption networks that penetrate deep in the Ecuadorian state. Members of the police and the military often provide security for drug shipments or even transport cocaine in their official vehicles. Prosecutors and judges are bribed to undermine investigations and to secure favorable rulings. In recent years, Ecuadorian gangs have increasingly used Colombian-style hired killings. They are now waging proxy wars on the cartel's behalf to maintain control of specific drug corridors. The Mexican cartels have also increased their violent footprint in Colombia. In the southern departments of Nariño, Putumayo and Cauca, they have forged alliances and are simultaneously battling for dominance with dissident factions of the now demobilized FARC guerrilla, right-wing paramilitary groups and the ELN, Colombia's last remaining guerrilla force. 
Colombia's cocaine production continues to reach record highs. President Gustavo Petro views the U.S. war on drugs as a categorical failure and wants to end the forced eradication of coca fields. The U.S. government strongly disagrees. The root causes of the drug problem go much deeper. The ongoing drug war in Ecuador and Colombia needs to be viewed in the broader context of global capitalism and U.S. hegemony in the region. The cocaine trade boosts U.S. financial markets and the military-industrial complex and fills American prisons with poor people. It also provides a pretext for the militarization of the countries involved. Colombia is home to seven U.S. military bases. In many cases, the drug-related violence paves the way for the expansion of extractive industries like petroleum, mining and agribusiness. And finally, for a large number of poor peasants in drug-producing countries, Growing coca and producing cocaine for narco-capitalists provides a livelihood and a way out of poverty. That does it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time.